Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. They killed Sonny on the causeway. They shot Sonny on the causeway. Oh, my God. Unbelievable, man. Sonny Corleone's gone. Rest in peace. One of the greatest ass beatings in motion picture history is when Sonny's beating the living crap. By the way, good afternoon, everybody. Please hit the like button. When he's beating the crap out of his brother-in-law because he put his hands on his sister you touch her again, I'll kill you. God, I love that. Oh, my. One of the greatest bad guys of all time. And then he flips it around and he plays Brian Piccolo. This year is the 52nd anniversary of Brian Piccolo's passing. And I guess in one of the mini camps, the Bears all wore number 41, too. So it was really um, an incredible, an incredible movie. One of the greatest sports movies of all time i would say this to you would we not agree that brian song has to go down as one of the top five sports movies of all time if you put your greatest sports movies in line brian song's got it i'll tell you what i love remember the titans i love that movie i love north dallas 40 i love the original longest yard but I also love, I love Brian's song, man. One of the and, and it's a true story. Sayers and Piccolo, you know, Brian Piccolo was a really great player at Wake Forest, and he didn't really get the opportunity that Sayers and some of these other guys did. Wildcats, that's another good flick. But man, I mean, Sonny, you're not going to believe this too. So last night, somebody sent me a James Con picture. Um, and how about this? Send me a picture of, of, uh, James Conn in Piccolo's number 41. So I tweeted at James Conn last night. I wake up this morning. The dudes passed away. I could not believe it. I even watched the Godfather last night. One, which is the absolute greatest movie. Everybody in Hollywood is going crazy right now because, his versatility as an actor, he could play Elf as a comedian. He could do Brian's song, and then he was the ultimate bad guy in Sonny Corleone. I love that movie with him in it, man. That, that movie was one of the greatest casted movies of all time. I think Godfather won. And James Caan, man, he, originally they were talking about him being Michael. Everything just worked out. Brando was spectacular as Vito Corleone. and. I mean, you know, Michael's character was great. I mean, Sonny's character was great. Even Tom Hagen. What a great, I mean, right, huh? Kenneth, right? We lose like Ray Liotta, who played one of the greatest bad guys of all time in Goodfellas three months ago, passes away. 
And now we lose Sonny Corleone. Anyway, man, they shot Sonny on the causeway. God, man. Bob says, Sills, watch the offer series about the Godfather. Is that the, is that the, is that the flick that talks about um, the making of the Godfather? Dude, William, he was great in that movie, Misery. He surely was great in that movie. I think Kathy Bates, if I'm not mistaken, I think she won an Academy Award for that flick as Best Actress. Dude, he's a great actor, man. And dude, yeah, Bob, really? I can't, oh, I love that. Coppola, too, originally didn't want to do The Godfather. Anyway, so hey, I'll tell you what, here we are again. We're 19 days to training camp. 19 days until training camp. By the way, Dave wants that. In hour number three at 5.30 from Fox Sports, we'll talk college and pro football with him. He was on those Jimmy Johnson staffs in both college and with the Cowboys and former coach of the Bears and Dolphins and the University of Pittsburgh. We'll have him on. That'll be in hour number three at 5.30 Eastern time. But we are here 19 days, man. 19 days to the start of training camp. Football is here. A lot of the fallout from Baker Mayfield signing with the Carolina Panthers. What does that mean for Jimmy G? Is Cleveland going to make a play for him? Next week, supposedly, we're going to hear what the NFL wants to do with Deshaun Watson. There's a lot going around right now in Cleveland with Deshaun Watson that people are saying it's not going to be the lengthy suspension that people think and thought that it was initially going to be. I don't believe either it's going to be a year. But if it's eight games, do you go get Garoppolo or do you settle on Jacoby Brissett? Jacoby Brissett was not a bad ball player in Indianapolis. Two years ago, I didn't think he was – three years ago, I don't think he was bad in Indianapolis, and I didn't think he was all that bad last year in Miami. So what do you do – With that scenario, and where does Jimmy Garoppolo, if you're the Steelers, are you completely comfortable with Mitchell Trubisky going into the 2022 season? Or would you go get Garoppolo? That'd be a trade, too, because, again, think about it. The 49ers can get him out of the conference, send him to the AFC. You're not going to have to worry about him. I don't believe that they would send him to Seattle in the same division. I just don't think that that's viable for them. So, I just don't. Appreciate everybody coming aboard. You guys are spectacular. Jeremiah, thank you. Bob, Seth, thanks for stepping in like you guys always do. Kenneth, I mean, you know what's great about a lot of you guys? You guys, William, you guys will go back and forth with me. You'll give me a ton of shit. But you know what? We sit here each and every single day, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 Eastern time, when we talk some sports. Okay. I got a bunch of Eagle topics today. Ones that we really haven't hit on. So I'm going to start by we have lists. Yes, they're back. One of them is a fun list. One of them you may debate me on. We're going to do that here in a minute. But I want to start the show off with this. There are a lot of people with expectations on this Philadelphia Eagle team. The media is starting to pump this team up. The media is buying in. I'm buying in. I'm buying into the team as a unit and the roster. I told you I was. Do I have my takes? 
on the quarterback? Yes. You know what's funny? My aunt who watches the show religiously every day goes like this. Man, can you imagine if that was your kid, Jalen Hurts? And I'm like, Betty, they do this in every market with every quarterback. What do you think they're saying about Justin Fields in Chicago, Zach Wilson in New York, Mitchell Trubisky in Pittsburgh? It goes with the position. It's what it is. It, it's the position. You get all the glory and all the heat. It's nothing personal. In honor of the Godfather, it's strictly business. This man's taking this very personal. It's business. Tell him, Tom, it's business. This is strictly business, man. Jalen Hurts is a spectacular guy from all reports and all the people that know him. Nothing personal. This is not an attack on his character. That's the furthest from anything. People talk about him all the time. Mayfield, appreciate you coming aboard. Mayfield to Carolina. I like it. Hey, Mike, Jimmy G to the Giants. Wow. Seth goes, are you really buying into 11-plus win team, those sales? Let me write that down. I'm going to write that down as a topic. I like that, Seth. 11-win team, question mark. Let me get to my first take here. As we ready for training camp here in 19 days, what Eagles future do you feel the most confident in? Howie Rosemans, Nick Sirianni's, or Jalen Hurts? Michael says, ouch. He got the finger. <laughs> Look at <laughs> This man's taking this very personal. This man's taking this very personal. Tell him, Tom, it's strictly business. Oh, you want a Matt Nagy? I wouldn't like, I wouldn't mind having Matt Nagy on my coaching staff. What Eagle, what Eagles future do you feel the most comfortable with? Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, or Jalen Hurts? Seth goes. Howie, sadly. Well, it's obvious. It's Howie. So you feel more comfortable in the GM than the coach and the player. Michael says Jalen. Mayfield is Roseman has pictures of Lori and a cat. <laughs> you, you shut up and talk to Carmine. Hey, Santa, you got to pay for Santino. Uh, Carlo, you got to pay for Santino. Howie is the boss. If Hurts can improve significantly or they can draft the right quarterback, this is a core of a young group. This is a dynasty and potential. I hated Howie for years. Howie. So you guys have more confidence in the future of Howie Roseman than you do of your head coach and quarterback. That's sad. That's actually sad. You're kidding, right? Howie? Bray. Don't worry. Or don't anyone. He's proved enough. Long as we win, Carmine calls the shots in Philly. Is that what we're calling? Hey, hey, is that what we're calling now, Howie Roseman, Carmine? <laughs> uh, calling him Carmine? 
no, 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 no. Howie Roseman's Hyman Roth. <laughs> he, he's Hyman Roth. Your father did business with him, but your father never trusted him. Yeah, that's Godfather too, though. Now, I believe in Nick. He give any young and Reed vibes. We got to understand Andy Reed only won four games in his first season. Big Chris Howie locked in the next three years. Can't say that for Nick and Jalen. I'm talking about futures, though, and who you feel more comfortable with. I'm not talking about job stability, but who do you feel in the next three years? Who do you think is going to have the greater success here? Jalen, Sirianni, or is it going to be Roseman? Is it really going to be the GM? You feel more comfortable with the general manager than you do with the coach? Listen to this. If somebody said this to me, and let's just go back a couple years, say it's two years ago, and someone goes, who do you feel more comfortable with, Tom Brady or Jason Light, the GM of the Bucks?" I would have went like this. Tom Brady. First couple of years, even after Brady won his first Super Bowl, who do you feel more comfortable with, Belichick or Brady? Early? Belichick. Late? Brady. That dynamic can change. God, man. Howie. Howie. So you guys think that you'll feel more comfortable. You feel more comfortable with Howie Roseman. Well, how about this then? Let's pull Howie out of this. How about Jonathan Gannon? Jonathan Gannon. Nick Sirianni or Jalen Hurts? Who do you have more confidence in? What eagle future do you feel more confident in? Gannon, Sirianni, or Hurts? None, says Daz. Hurts, says Bob. Well, the GM is Sirianni. (laughs) I'm getting a sense here that Gannon's not going to get a lot of love. Nick's like that cool dad. That's your best friend. But when it's time to be be right there with you and right in your face, he can chew you out on the sidelines. We saw a little bit of that last year. Sirianni hurts, hurts, none of them. I would have to go with Sirianni. <laughs> Who's Gannon? Who's Gannon? Tasty goes, it's a stupid question. They all need each other. It's not a point of whether or not they need each other. I asked you who you think you are comfortable in. And the success in three years. Okay? That's what I'm asking you. What Eagles future, what future do you see as a player or coach do you feel more confident in? Coaching matters in the NFL, dude. You can have a great roster and lead you nowhere. Remember, don't ever invest in the horse. Always invest in the jockey because the jockey takes you around the track. Coach Sirianni? Gannon's rolling towards the causeway. Nice reference. I like it. Hey, they fired Gannon on the causeway. They got him on the causeway. They got him on I-95. 
Mm. Gannon is Joey Zaza. Joey Zaza. That was great. Bit his ear. Unbelievably awesome. That I love that, man. Fantastic. All right, hit the like button. Why did he get there? Okay, now we're going to do something here. Where's one of my lists? The other list is fun. This one here. I have ranked the top 22 starters from 22 to 1. I have put them all in order from your least talented player as a starter to your best player. Here we go. Let's see if you guys agree with me on this list. Number 21, Derek Barnett, defensive end. Number 20, Anthony Harris. Number 19, James Bradbury. Number 18, Quez Watkins. These are your top starters in ranking. Number 17, Kaiser White, linebacker. Number 16, Tart. The newly acquired safety from the 49ers. 16. Number 15. Isaac Sayamalo. Right guard. Number 14. Left defensive end. Brandon Graham. Number 13, Jalen Hurts. Number 12, Miles Sanders. Number 11, Javon Hardgrave. I'm ranking the top starters for the Eagles. Number nine, Fletcher Cox. Number eight, Dallas Goddard. Number seven, Landon Dickerson. Number six, Darius Slay. Here are your top five Eagles in order, according to Big Sills. Hassan Reddick, edge rusher, number five. 
Number four, Jason Kelsey, center. Number three. By the way, I'll redo it again because I didn't do 10. And 10 was Devontae Smith. 10 is Devontae Smith. Number three, Jordan Malata, left tackle. Number two, A.J. Brown, wide receiver. And the number one most talented player on the Philadelphia Eagles depth chart is Lane Johnson. Those are your starters and how I see them ranked. Barnett, James Bradbury, 20 to 21. Anthony Harris, excuse me, James Bradbury is 19 and Anthony Harris is 20. Quez Watkins is 18. Kaiser White is 17. Tart is 16. Sayamalo's 15. Graham is 14. Jalen Hurts is 13. Miles Sanders is 12. Hardgrave is 11. Devontae Smith, wide receiver, is 10. Fletcher Cox is 9. These are starters. Dallas Goddard is 8. Landon Dickerson is 7. Darius Slay is 6. Hassan Reddick, 5. Jason Kelsey is four. Jordan Malata is three. A.J. Brown is two. And Lane Johnson is your most talented player on the Philadelphia Eagle roster. There are 13 too high and very unlikely number and very unlucky number. You did that. So- <laughs> Your, your your quarterback is 13th. I think that's a high ranking. I think that, hey, I think that's a high ranking for him. Both teams, I mean, when I think of the Chiefs, <laughs> their quarterback's not 13th, but hey, who's counting here? You would put Slay over Reddick? I wouldn't. I mean, Reddick's had double-digit sacks in two different franchises. I wouldn't do that. He's more talented. Hey, Sills, Gannon is Pauly. Oh, poor Pauly. Hey, grab the cannolis. Brooks says popular picks. Now, Nicobe Dean and Jordan Davis aren't on this list because those guys aren't starters as of yet. They could, as they get out of training camp, end up winning themselves jobs, but I highly doubt that. You're not bench, you're not benching. A $14.4 million guy in Fletcher Cox or a $12.7 million guy in Hardgrave. Just so you could put a rookie in there and him not know anything 
and him not be prepared to play the triangle. There is no way the Eagles are starting Jordan Davis unless there's an injury. He is not, he's going to be brought along. Okay. And especially when you got $30 million tied up in two dudes, you're confused. What would you be confused by? Howie Roseman? <laughs> that list was made by the Rosado brothers. Ah, well, they got theirs in the end. Dean will be, we'll see. How can you put Kelsey? I didn't put Kelsey number one. I put Kelsey number four. I put him four. Lane Johnson's number one. And I said the most talented. Now, I didn't say which position. The quarter, we're not talking about what position is the most important position because the quarterback position is the most important position on any roster. I didn't say that the center position is not important. I said your best players. That's what this is. Got to listen a little bit sometimes, guys. These are your best football players in order. Okay? In order. You got to stop comparing Jalen Hurts to traditional dropback. I have. That's why I don't. I do. I completely don't. I, I, I don't gauge him toward. Yeah, but wait a minute, Flex. So wait a minute. You want me to pay $42 million to a guy who doesn't look like any other quarterbacks in the league. And you want me to pay that guy who can't throw the ball. That's what you want me to pay $42 million for? So don't compare him to Joe Burrow? Okay. Then what am I paying for? What am I paying for? If I can't compare him to Justin Herbert and how they win ball games today's NFL. By the way, and again, one more thing too about today's NFL. Dude, they changed the rules for the offensive passing attack, not for the run game. The NFL today has changed rules for high scoring, big offensive numbers. Why is that? Prop bets. Prop bets are going to be part of the fabric of the NFL. Gambling. Points. Point spread. Who's favored? Who's not? Why do you think they invented the Red Zone channel? What, for fantasy guys who don't bet money? They invented the fantasy channel because guys are watching stats and numbers. Nobody wants to watch a game 14 to 7 like a couple years ago in the Super Bowl. Nobody wants a game like that. Guy throws for 122 yards. That's not what the NFL's looking for. They're looking for 45 40 games. Playing defense in today's NFL, that's not what is set up for gambling. Gambling and defense don't mesh. And the Eagles have to transform their football team and their ideology into today's NFL. That's what the difference is with where the Eagles are today and where the rest of the league is. The Eagles are still in the late 90s. Most of the NFL is getting ready for gambling. Why do you think the owner of the Eagles wants to have high numbers and high offense. Because eventually at Lincoln Financial, you're going to have an on-stadium sports book where you're going to be able to walk in to the sports book at Lincoln Financial and make, place a prop bet 
Jalen throws two touchdowns in the first half. They they win the game 38-31. Wide receiver A.J. Brown has 10 catches for 100 yards. Prop bets. That's what this is about. The reason that the owner hates the style of play that Jalen Hurts has is because it's not a 35-point-a-game type offense. Not every team wins the Super Bowl, but you know what you can do? You can win every weekend or every time you play on your own on-campus sports book with prop bets. This is like wrestling today. What most people don't get, why do you think the NFL is making it so hard to hit quarterbacks and targeting and everything else? Because they want offense. Because now with the Supreme Court's ruling that you can gamble and gambling is legal, you're going to have sports books at every one of these stadiums. Hell, they're talking about putting a sports book at Wrigley Field. Davey, not all guys do, but I'm, I, I know most guys do now. They bet those fantasy guys do. I'm not, I'm not really like a fantasy – I'm not a fantasy football player, but I keep an eye on it. Chalk it up sports. Appreciate it. Yeah, hey, hey, Chris, the NFL doesn't give a shit about concussions, dude. They could care less about that. They tell you they care. They don't. Best thing ever happened to the NFL was COVID-19. The National Football League didn't have to address CTE any longer. That stuff was front and center. Anything to bring the American public away from head injuries. That's the biggest thing the NFL worries about. One day, one of these guys are going to get killed on the field, and they don't want anything to do with that. When Mike Utley got paralyzed on the field, or Dennis Bird got paralyzed a couple of years back. They don't want anything to do with that. Those are lawsuits, man. The NFL is run by lawyers. Want nothing to do with it. I think we're being a tad ridiculous if he throws for 3,525 touchdowns and rushes for, hey, Edge, I said that yesterday. I said that yesterday. That's why if he really plays well this year, Edge, I'll tell you what I'd be willing to do. I'd be willing to give Jalen Hurts a three-year contract at about $30 million a year, and let's see if he can get better. I'm not paying that guy $40 million. He's just not a $40 million a year guy. And I'm not upsetting what I'm doing right now with my roster. Everyone on the planet is saying that the Eagles have one of the better rosters in the NFL. Why would I upset that with a quarterback that, like some of you say, doesn't look like Justin Herbert? I mean, right? You're not paying that kind of money. You're not paying that kind of dough. It's a damn good roster. By the way, the guys that I'm going to circle here that are going to be pro bowlers this year, Lane, Malata, Kelsey, Reddick, Slay, Goddard,
one, two, three, four, five. You're going to probably have six pro bowlers this year. You're going to have six pro bowlers. I don't know if AJ, well, let me think. Who are the big receivers in the NFC this year? Debo Samuel? Devontae Adams is no longer in the NFC. He's now in the AFC. Cooper Cup? I would say, so Cup? Couple, Cup's probably going to be the pro bowler. The way McVay gets him open. Samuel? Mike Evans? AJ may AJ may get there. I mean, am I missing someone? DK Metcalf. Then again, who's throwing DK Metcalf the ball? Right? Drew Locke. I don't know if DK Metcalf's going to get enough targets with that style of offense this year. Yeah, hey, hey, Bray, I don't know if he gets I, I don't know if he gets the the targets this year. Yeah, I mean, Xander, that's right. I mean, I, I just don't know who. And, and and by the way, I wrote something down here on my predictions, what I think the production is going to be for AJ and for Devontae this year and for Dallas Goddard. And I'm going to get to that. Cup, Samuel, Mike Evans. Does AJ get there? C.D. Lamb, because Dak throws the bullet. McLaurin, Terry McLaurin, that's right, in Washington. It's going to be a battle. DeAndre Hopkins, then again, he's being suspended for the first six as of now, probably get reduced down to four. So he, how about this? He's got a shot. I think Cup's going to have, I don't think he's going to have a 1,900-yard year again. God, if he does, man. He's not just a dude then. <laughs> That's for damn sure. And Debo Samuel's going to maybe go through a transition a little bit because Trey Lance, Trey Lance's first notion is going to be to run, not throw the ball to him. Mike Evans has Brady. So when you got Tom Brady throwing you to rock, Justin Jefferson, that's another one. Jefferson's got to be on that list. AJ's on that list for sure. It's going to be interesting to see, man. It is. It's going to be interesting. Chris Godwin, I don't, you know what, man? Hey, Takeem, I, I, I have always been like this on him. I think he's good. I think he's like Allen Robinson. You know what I mean? I think he's, I think he's like Allen Robinson. Sills, you passing on TVD for Hertz at $30 million? I'm not. Your boy is who you guys have a lot of confidence in. That's what you guys started to show up with me on. Okay. You guys, you guys want to pass on him. Jalen Rager. Oh, one of the premier wide receivers in the A in the NFC. DJ Morton. I don't know. I don't know. I like that question that somebody threw out there when we were throwing our topics out. Are we being too generous with an 11 wins for the Eagles this year? No, 
No, I don't. I think I think the Eagles have a really great roster. I think what they have built and with the fact that the NFC didn't really do what what team in the NFC do you think this offseason really got better outside of Philly? The Cowboys didn't. Did the Rams? I think the Rams were a lateral move. You know, they lose Beckham, they add Allen Robinson. It's pretty good. Right? They did lose Von Miller. Okay? But then they add Wagner. So I mean, they kind of they kind of are the same, I think. The Packers, they lose Devontae Adams. I think that's a big loss. We'll see how it translates out. But I, I think that's a loss. I think the 49ers' indecision on what they're doing at quarterback hurts them. What are you doing there? I mean, it's it's July 7th. Who's your starter? Have you announced it? Can you imagine this? You're 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 now. You're now 19 days away from the start of training camp, and you don't have your starting quarterback on a Super Bowl roster in San Francisco. That's a problem. The the Philadelphia Eagles want to have no questions about that position going into training camp. That's why when they told Gardner Mitchell last year, kids, sit down. You ain't ever starting here. It ain't happening. They don't want any controversy like they did three years ago here. Nothing like that. Dan, you talk down on Hertz every day. Like, I, I don't think I came down on anybody today. Okay, I don't, I, I don't think I came down on him today. Do you really, bro? My attitude towards him is nothing personal, and in honor of Sonny Corleone going down, it's strictly business. Don't take it personal. He's not a quarterback that's going to win a Super Bowl. Wait. Wait, I'll take that back. He's not a quarterback that's going to win traditionally in this league. Okay? Can he get there like Colin Kaepernick? Yes. Just because you don't like that assessment, that's a thing on you. Colin Kaepernick was not the best passer on the planet, but he got there. He can get there too. If Kaepernick can, he can. Same style of play. Not accurate. Great athlete. Moves around in the pocket with his wheels. Makes some decent throws. And has a boatload of talent around him. That was the Kaepernick, Jim Harbaugh 49er team. If the lights don't go out in that Super Bowl, Colin Kaepernick may have won a Super Bowl. I always said this. If the lights don't go out, in the hardball Super Bowl, the 49ers probably win that game. They were they were rolling. Use the fingers when you say that. It's not personal. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah. Frank says 12 wins for my Eagles. Four and five in tight games, and you win the rest. I I I I I think it's 11 12 also. And get this. Here, here. If the Eagles come short and have 10 and 7 season, but win the East and win a playoff game and get themselves somehow into the NFC championship game, I don't give a shit what the regular season record is. I don't care. You know what's crazy? Sometimes you take a step backwards, and when you get into postseason, you do more. 
the Bucs had a better record seasonal-wise last year than they did in the year that they won the Super Bowl. They were 11-5 and five when they won the Super Bowl. They won more games last year than they did in their Super Bowl year. So regular season is all about getting to the postseason. You know what I'm saying? I mean, win your division. Win a playoff game. Have a better matchup. The worst, hey, I would have rather have had the Eagles match up against the Rams because the Rams struggle against the run. And I think I would have liked to have seen that. Okay? That game, I think, would have been closer. Get this. I think the Eagles a year ago, I don't know if you agree with this, Xander, but I think the Eagles a year ago were a better matchup against the Rams than I do the Bucs. The Bucs are a prolific passing team. And they can pass rush. The Rams can pass rush, but they're not the best at playing the run. And what was the one thing the Eagles did exceptional last year? That's run the ball. 49ers ran them off the field last year. So did the Cardinals. So, I mean, I like to have seen that matchup. I think that would have been a more favorite. I'm not saying they would have won because the Rams were rolling going into the playoffs. But that matchup favors... The Eagles had a little bit more than playing against the GOAT and Tom Brady. You know, Seth, I mean, I saw last year where the Rams struggled against the run. I mean, the 49ers blew them off the field running the football. You play against a team like Aaron Rodgers or Brady, and you're playing that soft, that zone coverage that Jonathan Gannon played last year, you're going to get ripped apart. It went down the trends. Every quarterback... That was a good quarterback a year ago. That was a prolific passing team. Played against the Eagles. I mean, it was like 78% completion percentage. 90% completion percentage. 80% completion percentage. But when you play a team like the Rams, who kind of struggle against the run, I thought it would have been more favorable. Joseph says Jalen can win a bowl. Hey, I told you, Joseph, he's not going to be conventional in how he wins games you're comfortable with that you're okay they have to be comfortable with that in Baltimore too you win that style and play that style you have to understand something though you're not going to see a lot of passing numbers if you play Jalen Hurts style of play guys do you understand something this year Do you really think there is going to be a massive facelift this year where the team goes from being the number one run team to being a team that was 27th in the passing game a year ago to top 10? Are you crazy? You're out of your mind if you think that. Why would you go away from something that got you into postseason and turn your season around for something you're not capable of doing? you got to still rely, number one, on running the ball and being in third and short. How do you do that? Dominate on first and second down. If you come out doing what you did last year, when you got out of the gate at two and five, okay, if you do that, you're going to get a beating again and you'll come out of the gate two and five. Don't need him to be conventional. I agree. Need him, to, oh, right? He's not going to look like Cousins. That, that's that's right, Davy. Davy, I agree. 
I agree, but you win more with conventional than you do with Jalen style. You don't really win games. Ask Vic. The spin is different. (laughs) Eagles won't start two and five this year. No, you're right. I think they start three and three. I do. I think they I think they start three and three. More talented team, first couple games are personal. That's for sure. Xander. Xander has made all these games like personal. Xander, you did a great job on that. Lions. Okay. You got the Lions game. And nothing personal about that, I don't think. Vikings, Justin Jefferson game. These games are all going to have themes. The Justin Jefferson games, Vikings, right? The Commander Wentz game. The Doug Bowl. The Hurts Bowl. (laughs) Shit, Dallas. Right? I'm going to do something, and I'm going to have some fun with you here when we come back out of the timeout. And I want you guys to help me on this because I may be wrong. But I put down my top 10 greatest Eagles of all time. Now, I'm new to covering your team. Okay? I'm new. So I wrote this down. Okay? Your top 10. By the way, Jerome Brown's not on it. Okay? He's not on it. Top 10, plus we'll get back into what we're talking about. I love what Xander said. I love it when, when he said that. He goes, it's almost like a, it's like a theme season coming up. It's almost like a theme season. Guys, please hit the like button. Don't forget my friends at Morgan & Morgan where the fee is free. Guys, if you're hurt or injured on the job, finding that attorney is one of the most important things that you can possibly do. For the people, it is not a slogan. It is who they are and it is what they do. Last 30 years, they've collected over $13.5 billion for their clients, making them the number one attorney firm in the country when it comes to getting you your fair compensation. Over 800 attorneys strong in offices in Philly, Florida, and New York make them the number one attorney firm, like I said, in the country, and there's no such thing as a fender bender. The call is free. The consultation is free. 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. 24 7, seven days a week. 800 512 1600. And when you call Morgan and Morgan, do me a favor, tell them Big Sales sent you. After a car crash, the big insurance companies you see advertising on TV, they may try to downplay your case and might say it's only a fender bender or it's just a herniated disc. I worry that some law firms fall for this BS. Not us. We put ourselves in your shoes and ask, what would it be like to be in your pain for the rest of our lives? A million dollars wouldn't be enough for me. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. For the people.com.
stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV, now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on Exodus. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to look. Fake a mama. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. football show it's your boy big sales please hit the like button thank you guys so much i can see we're starting to ramp up a little bit for football season dave wanstad from fox sports will be with us in hour three at 5 30 eastern time please hit the like button thank you guys so much for coming aboard i do like the fact that you guys defend hurts my aunt is now a hurts fan so you know okay she's a hurts fan She's a Hurts fan. Just so you know, okay? She called, and, and Xander, it's true. She calls me up. You know, they say a, <clears throat> a lot of great things about this guy. I know, man. I get it. I, I understand. All right. I've been on now talking about the Eagles for a little over a year and a half now. And I'm a football historian and an NFL historian. I I love the league. I love what the league has represented. I never forget the past. I do my due diligence at looking at the past. Poor Aunt Betty. You you have no idea, Chris. Okay? You, You have no idea. Mayfield, I'm not sure he may be drinking a vat of whiskey again. I'm not, I, I don't know about my coach. Okay, so we'll see what happens in hour number three at 5.30 Eastern. 
I have written down my top 10 greatest Philadelphia Eagles of all time. And I'm going to unveil them to you. And I did some homework. And I've been, this took me about three days to put this list together. Okay? Here we go. Number 10, Harold Carmichael, 71 to 83. He's your most prolific wide receiver and your greatest player at that position in your franchise's history. Nobody comes close to the dominance of Harold Carmichael. Over 6'6", what he did was revolutionary in his time. Nobody played the position of wideout like he did. You couldn't determine whether he was a tight end or if he was a wide receiver when he played. And he played in an era where you didn't throw the ball a lot. Hell, the Eagles have never really thrown the ball a lot in their entire history. Carmichael, if he was in today's NFL at 6667, you he'd be a $30 million a year guy. Can you imagine having Harold Carmichael run down the field with his 4645 speed at 67? You just throw it up. I would just throw it up in the end zone. Go get it, Harold. He is a physical mismatch for every single defensive back that plays back there. You're not going to outjump him. You're not going to outmuscle him. Okay? Number nine. Truly one of the great collegian players and truly one of the great pro players in NFL history. And by the way, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Tommy McDonald is an Oklahoma Sooner. And he played with some of the greatest players of all time. And Tommy McDonald at wide receiver, you're talking about maybe a benchmark face of a franchise. You have to put Tommy McDonald in your top 10. Tommy McDonald was one of the absolutely best players in his era and one of the greatest players in franchise history. Nobody. Nobody represented Philly and the Eagle Green more than Tommy McDonald did. Number eight, I knew Pete. Pete just passed away a couple uh, weeks ago. Pete Retzlaff, tight end, 56 to 66. Him and Mike Dickham and the tight end from the Colts were revolutionizing the position. Nobody threw the tight ends. Nobody. But Pete was able to transform that position and making him one of the most elite players and really one of the godfathers of the tight end position on what you see today. There is no doubt. I mean, think about it. What, how many times do you think they threw the ball in 56 to 66? 18 times a game? Yet he made himself into a professional football Hall of Famer. Okay? I mean, it, it's, 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 it's one of the great guys. I can't I, – guys, do you remember the guy's name? What was his name that played with Unitas as a tight end? Tom Maddy? Not Tom Maddy. He was the back. What was that tight end's name? They named an award after him. I forget what the tight end award's name is. But him and Ditka were really the first tight ends in pro football history when you're talking about really the position and the godfathers of the position. So you think Carl Michael would be better than Randy Moss? Boy, 
Jesse. Yeah, John Mackey. Thank you, Daz. John Mackey, Pete Ratzlaff, and Mike Ditka were the godfathers of the tight end position. Jackie Smith, too. Maybe a little bit, too. Jackie Smith, who played for the Cardinals, were like your godfathers of the tight end position on what you see with Gronk today. Number seven. Big Sills, greatest Eagles of all time. I got Brian Westbrook, 2002 to 2009. I say this to you here, that Brian Westbrook, if he was playing in today's National Football League, Brian Westbrook would be what Christian McCaffrey is, except for this, he'd be more durable. And the way that he played, I mean, that one season that he had, over 1,300 yards rushing, all those receiving yards. Brian Westbrook, in the last 20 years, may be your greatest offensive weapon. He was just a... And if they had more of a prolific passing game, and this is even with Andy Reid, but if they had an even more passing prolific game, man, incredible. Number six, Big Sills, greatest Eagles of all time. Brian Dawkins, free safety, 96 to 2008. You know, I said something to you guys the other day about Ed Reed. I think Ed Reed's the greatest safety of all time. Brian Dawkins is in the classroom, okay? There's very few guys that are in that safety classroom, like Ronnie Lott. Brian Dawkins, Kenny Easley, guys like that, okay? There's about five dudes that could be in that room. Dawkins is in the room. Ed Reed's at the chalkboard, but he's in the room. Tremendous football player. I always say this smile about Jack Tatum. Jack Tatum, the reason, you know, he didn't have a lot of Pro Bowls because people were afraid of him and didn't like him, especially after the Stingley injury where he paralyzed Daryl Stingley in an exhibition game. And I thought they held that against Tatum. But in my opinion, Jack Tatum is also one of the greatest safeties of all time. He was a tone setter. He struck fear in people. And one of the reasons that the Raiders were so dominant during that time in the 70s and 80s was because of him and Atkinson. Him and Atkinson patrolled that secondary. And then you had Hayes and Haynes on the cornerback positions. The the Raiders secondary may have been the greatest secondary in NFL history. You didn't run or throw the ball against the Raiders knowing full well you were going to get decapitated by Jack Tatum. By the way, I have a book signed by Tatum. I met him in San Francisco. I have a book signed by Jack. Jack's one of my favorite football players of all time. And I had a poster of him in my room, him and Butkus. And I just revered Jack Tatum, and I had, it was an honor to meet him. You guys probably don't know this name, but I went back into some history, and I asked Peter King about this man. Um, Alan Witzert 
Offensive tackle, 43 to 51, played on two championship teams for the Eagles, offensive lineman and offensive tackle. And Peter King told me he was the very first great offensive tackle in the National Football League back during his era. And you talk about a guy who dominated the position. He was an enormous dude. And many people in Philly probably don't know the name. Okay, but if you go back and you look at his exploits, he's your greatest. Well, I mean, the guys you have now, Kelsey, Kelsey, bunch of those guys now. Lane could be in that conversation one day. But Witzert was one of your greatest players of all time. A lot of people don't bring his name up because he's an offensive lineman and he played back in the day. I, I, I revere history. And I give people in the, in the past – as much kudos as I do in today's game. Jason Peters is also another spectacular football player too. Number four, Donovan McNabb, quarterback, 99 to 2009. He's your greatest quarterback in your team's history. No getting around it. He is your greatest player at that position. Whatever that tells you about the Eagles and their history, McNabb's your greatest quarterback to ever play the position. Donovan did not deliver the brass ring. Okay. I get that. But Donovan McNabb is your greatest quarterback of all time. And the numbers prove it. Number three, Steve Van Buren, halfback. 44 to 51. You talk about another guy who dominated the league during his era. And that's how I look at it. If you dominate your era and you're considered one of the greatest players for that era, because you really can't compare 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. You can't. It's impossible to do that. And Van Buren, when you talked about him, you talked about him in the same light as Crazy Legs. You talked about him in the same light as any of those other great players that played during his era of the Big Daddy Lynchcomb, all them guys. He was in that conversation of being considered one of the absolute best players of all time. Number two, I knew the man, had the man on my show at numerous times, and man, did I love him. Chuck Bednarik, linebacker center, 49 to 62. One of the greatest pictures of all time was him standing over Gifford. And I asked Chuck, I mean, what was it? What, what, what did you say to him when you hit him like that and you put that fist up in the 60 title game? And he just said to me, he goes like this. And he said it on the air when I was in Tampa. This game is fucking over. Imagine that. You're standing up like this over this guy, and he's knocked out for three days. And this, and he's standing over him like that. It is the most iconic picture in the history of Philadelphia sports. Is that Bednarik? There's no picture in Philly sports history that resembles the city or in my opinion, that Eagle franchise more than that picture. It's one of the greatest NFL pictures of all time. 
because it was in a championship game and it ended the title game. You can't get any better than that. Maybe the only other picture you could put in Philly history is Foles catching catching the um, the Philly special going into the end zone. And number one is the minister of defense, 85 to 92, the legendary Reggie White. What can you say? Nobody blocked him. He was completely unblockable. He was, I didn't, and by the way, I see Bergie and Eric Allen, great players, great players. This is my list of the greatest Eagles. Okay. Reggie White, I mean, Reggie White is one of these kind of guys that you say, okay? Reggie White's one of these guys. You go like this. I don't know. (laughs) What do you want me to say about him? Okay? He's one of those you stand up in the Hall of Fame conversation and you stand up and go, Reggie White, and you sit down. There's nothing left to say. He did it all on the field. So my list is... Carmichael, McDonald, Retzlaff. I'll do it again. Harold Harold Carmichael at 10. Tommy McDonald, 9. Pete Retzlaff, 8. Brian Westbrook, 7. Brian Dawkins, 6. Alex Winstert, 5. Donovan McNabb, 4. Steve Van Buren, three. Chuck Bednarik, two. And one is Reggie White. Hit the like button. So much to get more to. 19 days from training camp. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that can you... Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake them Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. wants that will be with us at 5 30 eastern and then abc6 on friday deuces rogers will be with us we'll talk with him get his thoughts on the upcoming eagle season what he thinks jalen hurts also all of the new additions too, and nick sirianni so we'll get to all that on friday as well so got a lot planned for the rest of the week as we go into the weekend here then we come back out of that weekend man we're rocking towards the training camp season we're going to start getting ready for the NFL Hall of Fame game. I can't believe it, man, how close we're starting to get to this thing here. By the way, I've ranked the top divisions. And, hey, I got some predictions on some Eagle players here. I'm going to get to those in a minute here. But CBS Sports ranked the divisions. And I looked at them, and I was like, I think they're pretty right. They ranked the divisions. And talk about them being like, you know, who's the toughest division in all of the NFL? I, 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 I don't think there's anybody that's watching the show right now or that's a true football fan would say that the AFC West is not the best. Every single team in that division could actually win the Super Bowl this year. We agree with that, right? I think every team in that division could win it. I mean, I, even the Raiders, in my opinion. Um, so let's go from worst to first. This is CBS's rankings for the divisions. Before we get into some of the predictions I have for the Eagle players this year. Number eight, the NFC South. Man, you take Brady out of the NFC South. Are you telling me that Baker Mayfield's the best starting quarterback in that division? Okay. Michael goes, he thinks the NFC West is the best division. You think Seattle's good? There's not a team in the West that will have an under 500 record this year. Seattle may win five games this year. Every team from top to bottom in the West has a top 10 quarterback. Every team. I don't know. I look at Seattle, you think Drew Locke's winning a lot of games? NFC South, they say at eight, is the worst. Imagine when Brady leaves. Number seven, the AFC South. Eh. Yeah, I see it. I, I, I I don't really think there's a lot in the AFC South. Jeremiah goes, Baker ain't guaranteed to start. That just tells you how shitty the NFC South is. 
Number six, the NFC East is the sixth best division in football. Well, the Giants and Daniel Jones, they've got to straighten that thing out. Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders, still yet determined on what that thing's going to look like. I would say the most stable franchise in the East is the Eagles. The Cowboys have walked backwards. They've lost a boatload of talent the last two years, and you've got a running back, Ezekiel Elliott, who is completely getting worse every year that he plays. We'll see about the East moving up. I'm 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 not I'm not convinced they are yet. Number five, the NFC West. This is according to CBS. Just got through talking a little bit about the NFC West. I mean, what's going to go on in San Francisco at the quarterback position? Seattle sucks, and you got the 49ers and you got the Rams. Two great teams, top heavy division in my opinion. And the other two, I don't know. Cardinals are in that. Division, that's a good football team. How about a team that has helped this division move up dramatically has been the Dolphins. You know, the AFC East used to be the worst division in football. How about one thing, can we say this about Tom Brady? I don't think people really identified this. Didn't Tom Brady play in the worst divisions in all of football his entire career? Tell me a team that was good during Brady's time in the AFC East when he played there for 20 years. The Jets? When they had Rex Ryan? Can you can you give me a stretch run of a team? The Bills were terrible during Brady's era. He, they were terrible. The Dolphins were terrible. Now he plays in the NFC South, which is the worst division in all of football. Brady benefited so much from not being in a tough division. Never played in a tough division, ever. Okay, never played in a tough division. Dude, it is luck. Johnny, I think that that's a lot of luck. Not that Brady could do about it, that the Jets and the Bills and the Dolphins sucked during that whole time. But, dude, he goes down and it was almost like he, you know, he could have went to the West and played with the Chargers. Remember, there were two teams that offered him a contract, Chargers and Bucks, and he chose, and he chose the Bucks. Do you think he chose the Bucks because of not only because of the talent on the team, but because the division stunk so bad? Omar, I mean, right? I can't think of a team that Brady had a battle with in his 23 years as a quarterback in a division. There was never a divisional, like, matchup. You know, the Jets team, when they had Mark Sanchez and they went to a couple AFC title games, maybe. Right? Maybe. But Brady's benefited. Number three, the NFC North. I think the North's going to be pretty good this year. I think the Packers have come back to the Vikings. Um, I think there's going to be improvement at the bottom of the division with the Lions. Okay? you got Packers, Vikings. They're top-heavy there, in my opinion. But, uh, but I, 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 I'm looking forward to seeing what the Lions are going to do. Bears are terrible. 
the Bears are a terribly run organization right now. Number two is the AFC North. Who would have thunk that? So the AFC North, look at the quarterbacks in that division. Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. That's pretty, I mean, you got some damn good, dude, you got some damn good quarterbacks in that AFC North, man. That's going to be a pretty good, then you got the tradition of the Steelers in that thing too, right? And as I said, CBS Sports has ranked the AFC West as the best division in all of football. So it goes eight to one, NFC North, or NFC South, eight, AFC South, seven, NFC East, sixth. That favors the Eagles winning more games too. Fifth is NFC West. Fourth is AFC East. Three is NFC North. Two is AFC North. And number one is AFC West. I pretty much agree with that. I think that pretty much goes down. Chris, the Steelers are always good. You know, I mean, they're just not great like they used to be. They're good. And unfortunately, that's become a benchmark. Okay? Flex, I don't know if he ends up in San Francisco. Flex, why would you play one more year when you have a $350 million contract from Fox Sports waiting for you? Okay, really? You know, why would I play one more year? Fox has got $350 million waiting for Tom Brady when he bails on the NFL starting job. I mean, come on, man. It's time to make that move now. Plus, you could be with your family, travel once a week. You don't have to worry about any of that BS, right? Trade Dak for Lamar. I don't think Baltimore would do it. Cowboy Nation. I don't think Baltimore would do that. Okay. I I don't I don't think he would I don't I don't think they would do that. All right. I'm gonna throw some predictions out at some players on your Eagle team this coming season, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep these stats here. Let's see what you guys make of this. I'm gonna start with Dallas Goddard. By the way. No, no stats on Jalen. They've already had this discussion. Here's these other guys. Ready? I got Dallas Goddard at 88 catches, 905 yards, and five touchdowns. In that offense, That puts him in the Pro Bowl. Mike says that's a lot. Mike, well, let's see what his stats were last year. Mike says that's a lot. You think that's a lot? 88 catches for 905 and five touchdowns? Dallas Goddard stats. Let's see what Goddard did last year. Goddard had 56 catches for 830. Dude, I only gave him 70 yards more and one more touchdown. 
but I gave him more catches because I think he's going to be targeted more. I'm not that far off from what he did a year ago, except for the catches. He had almost 60 catches. So I'm adding about 30 catches. I think he's going to have about 30 more catches this year. Okay. Eric, I agree, man. I mean, he, I think that will get better, Eric, with more targets to him. Okay? Goddard's our top weapon, seemed like, last year. Chris, I think he's going to be your top weapon this year, too. 88 catches for 905 and five touchdowns. Last year, he had 56 catches, 830 and four. I don't know. I mean, don't you see some improvement with him too? Here's Devontae. 92 catches for 850 yards and six touchdowns. His catches go up. But his yards don't because he'll be the second option in that offense this year, which means this. Jalen's got to prove before I add more stats to Devontae's numbers, he's got to prove to me he can find a second read. I think that's fair. He's got to prove that he can find that guy. I think he has more catches than what he did a year ago, but I don't think he has more yards. And, and, and to Cam, that's what I'm saying. 92 catches. Jeremiah goes, I don't like those stats. Well, you're not going to have a 100-catch wide receiver, dude. That's going to be one of the most reception years in the history of your franchise you've never had a hundred catch guy you're getting there you're not going to have a prolific offense overnight there is no stats on Jalen I'm talking about these guys my prediction for AJ Brown 70 catches, 1,050, 10 touchdowns. Here's where I think A.J. Brown's significance is going to be in the passing game. I think he's going to be a bitch in the red zone. I think if you look at it, by the way, that's 21 touchdowns between the three of them. That's quite a bit. That means that Jalen's got to come up with nine more to backs out of the backfield and potentially to Quez Watkins and some of these other guys like Zach Pascal and them. So go with me here. I don't care about the catches. You should care about the catches. That means your offense is improving. And that means most... Most notably, your passing game's improving. You should care about catches. If you want this offense to transform into being a modern-day NFL, you, these 
wide receiver. And if you want to attract other wideouts to your franchise, you can't have years where you're talking about your $20 million a year guy having 70 catches and 10,000 or 1,050 yards. But if they look at the 10 touchdowns, wide receivers are going to go like this. Well, something's there. Then they're going to look at the run game. And they're going to see this. Well, they're proficient in the run game. That means they're third and short. That means I'm going to get looks. I think Goddard's going to be your number one weapon. 88 catches, 905, five touchdowns. It's kind of what he did a year ago, except for the catches. He was around 60. Devontae, this is around Devontae. He's the second option now. He's not the lead option. 92, 850. That number could be 900 yards. Jalen's got to show the league he can find another wideout. He couldn't do it all of last year. Will he improve? We're hoping. Six TDs. And A.J. Brown, okay, 70 catches, 1,050, but with 10 touchdowns. By the way, if these guys, would we not agree what are we talking about here? Let's take a look at what we're talking about here. Watch this. I'm going to show you something here on what we're talking about with three men, not talking backs out of the backfield, not talking Quez, not talking Zach Pascal. I'm going to show you something here. That's 250 receptions. Between three guys, that's exceptional. For an offense and where it was a year ago in the passing game, you're 27th. See, to me, this is more realistic. 25, this is 2535. Three guys, Jalen Hurts can have 2,500 yards with what I'm giving you right here. And 21, get this, between these three guys, 250 receptions, 25, 35 in passing yards, and 21 touchdowns with three dudes, not counting backs or not counting your backup players like Quez and Zach. That's I'm I'm not exactly sure what you think the numbers should be. Brown will have 70 to 80 catches this year. Okay. Chris goes 70 for AJ seems low. Why? He's only averaged 63 in three years, Chris. What would make you think that number would be higher? He's never done it any higher. That's not... You're, you're under some illusion that he's a 100-catch guy. He's not. He's never been. And quite frankly, he's never been close to it. You got 28.50? Boy, that's even better if that's the case. You're right, 28. I got 2805. That's pretty good, man. 
that's pretty good. That is, look, and you're talking, God forbid, man. What what if if Quez puts up? Check this out. What if Quez puts up 600 yards? What what if Zach Pascal puts up 350? What if Miles Sanders has 200 yards? That's 39.55. This is reality. I just gave you an opportunity for Jalen Hurts to go for almost 4,000 yards with numbers AJ Brown 1050, Devontae 850, and Dallas Goddard 905. Then you add in the other players on the team, you're around 3955. realistically you're in this ballpark here because look guys you're not having 2000 yard receivers okay you're just not you haven't had a thousand yard receiver since 2014 and you had actually a passing quarterback then now you don't have one and they're gonna these guys are going to get i believe these touches and these catches here i forgot rager hey hey jess Jess, I'll add the Rager. I'll add the Rager 138 yards. <laughs> oh, yeah. That puts hey, wait a minute. What wouldn't he be crazy? Hey, Jess, Jalen Rager puts Jalen over the 4,000 passing mark in the 17th game with his 32 cat with his 32 yards and catches. Add five for Rager. <laughs> right? Hey, Philip. Philip goes like this. He just Will Smith them. Take. Rager's name out of your mouth. Gainwell and Scott will have some catches and also some yardage too. But here's the one thing though, man. They got to improve, like I said to you, in that screen game. They've got to get better there. They were horrific last year in that. AJ, I think, improves that part of the offense. I totally think he improves that. Okay. Oh, my God. Do I have another website that is saying unbelievable things about your boy? Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Holy cow. CBS, man. They love the Eagles. They love them. Hey, hey, Jones. I know I couldn't believe it. I looked at 3955. I'm like, holy shit, he's right there. He's right there. I got another list coming up. Will, what's up, man? Shalom. Shalom. Oh man. On the day when James Conn, too. Hey, I'm glad that you guys are finally doing this. What I say here, it's nothing personal. It's just strictly business. You understand that, right? There's there's nothing personal here. 
It's strictly business. Has perfect hair. <laughs> like a rock star. How you doing? Hey, my friends at Morgan & Morgan are rock stars where the fee is free. If you're hurt or injured on the job, please do me a favor. Make sure you dial up Morgan & Morgan. These are the folks that will get you your fair compensation. And when I say this, for the people, it's not a slogan. It is who they are. With over 800 attorneys in offices in Philly and in Florida and across the country, there is nobody better than Morgan & Morgan, and they will be there to do battle for you. By the way, there's no such thing as a fender bender. There's no small cases at Morgan & Morgan. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. Open 24-7, seven days a week. The consultation is also free. 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sills sent you. I'm John Morgan of Morgan & Morgan. When you're hit from behind in a car crash, the insurance company may try to say, you can't possibly be hurt. It was only a few miles an hour. It's simply not true. You see, here's the thing. Getting hit at 10 miles per hour is like falling off of this. 15 miles per hour, like this. And only 25 miles per hour, this. Injured, dial pound law. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to right, go to left. Fake them up. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Manooch, over a hundred buttons on the street. That guy shows his head one time. <laughs> Maybe we should listen, Sonny. No, 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 no. Don't try to fix everything up, Tom, okay? You should listen to No, no, no. Pophead Jocko, look what I got. <laughs> Man, how many people could quote that movie? I mean, dude, it's one of the greatest quoted movies of all time, The Godfather. And most of them are sunny. Manoch. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you ever. Hey, we don't talk business at dinner. Hey, Santino, stay out of it. Hey. Santino, stay out of it. The mother's at the front of the table. Don't you ever. Hey, by the way, Sonny Corleone, am, am I right when I say this? One of the greatest ass beatings in the history of motion picture when he beats his brother-in-law's face in. He, he bites him in the hand which I love that maneuver. And he hits him with the trash can lid. Then he hits him with the trash can. Spectacular. Every, every moment there is so Italian. Oh, my God, I love that. Did you take care of that Paulie thing? Oh, won't be seeing Paulie anymore. <laughs> hey, hey, you know any, anybody on the west side? We got to get mattresses. We need good mattresses, too, because they're going to be stuck up there for a while. And hey, watch out, Paulie. We're going to terminate you. And <laughs> leave the gun, grab the cannoli. One of the greatest lines of all time, man. In honor of James Conn passing away. Dude, seriously. Brian's song and The Godfather. I mean, he was just so versatile, man. That movie's so good, man. He, he really is. Hey, this guy, you know, college boy. <laughs> He wants to go up to a police officer and shoot him in the head. <laughs> you know, and sit around there. You know, this, you don't have a rifle in your hand. You got to go right up to him and you got to go, bada bing. Tom, tell this man. It's being very personal. It's strictly business. So, oh, yes. Thank you, Michael. The only guns in the house, in the Cilio house, are the Cilio pipes. Yeah, hey, by the way. These are like uh, Dirty Harry's Dirty Harry's guns, okay? Yes, and they are 24 around. Thank you. I've had 24-inch pythons for about 30 years. Uh, what's the better movie, Godfa Godfather? I love Goodfellas, too, but Godfather. Godfather's the best. Flabby, hey, Junior, always remember something, Junior Xander. Big Sills doesn't bounce anything off his chest. At almost 60 years old, I could still put up nearly 400 pounds on a bench. I done. Okay? On my deathbed, right before I die, and I meet the Almighty, he's going to go like this. Sills, just one more rep. That's for you, God. Thank you for making me one of the strongest people on the planet. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Seals looks like a shotgun type of man. And it used to be back in the day. No more. Godfather was the best movie ever made. Oh, my God. Such a great flick. 
You know what? I'll tell you this, though, man. I like that Departed movie. You know the one filmed in Boston? I like the Departed. I thought that Departed movie, plus it had a great twist at the end. I thought the Departed was pretty good, man. That Scorsese flick. I liked, I liked it. Very underrated, man. Very underrated was the Departed. Sills, what would you, what would you do if Jalen Hurst works out and New Orleans picks first next year? <laughs> I'd trade Jalen. You give me the number one pick in the draft and I get my my choice at those quarterbacks. He ain't gonna do anything those guys are gonna do. Eh, wait a minute. I don't know. Throws for 4,000 yards and nearly 30 touchdowns. Would I go into the draft? I don't think so. But would it be a one-year wonder thing? Because here's the problem. Can I tell you really what the problem with Jalen is? It's the same problem that you have in Dallas. Scarface is my second favorite flick. I love Scarface. Can I tell you what the problem in Philly is? If Patrick Mahomes loses Tyreek Hill, he's still Patrick Mahomes. If Dak loses Amari Cooper, he's not Dak. He need if his old line isn't what it was three years ago, he ain't Dak. If Ezekiel Elliott is not Zeke three years ago, he's not Dak. If Joe Burrow has a shitty old line in front of him, he's still Joe Burrow. If Josh Allen loses somebody, he's still Josh Allen. If Jalen Hurts loses A.J. Brown or Devontae gets hurt, he's over with. He ain't going to – I'll tell you what, that's something to keep an eye on this year. If one of those two wide receivers gets injured, you ain't going anywhere with that. He needs to have the perfect setup. A lot of, hey, by the way, I think a lot of quarterbacks have to have the good setup. Tom Brady, in his age where he is now, he didn't have the perfect setup in New England. He had to leave. Okay? So, injuries, you know what? We didn't add, hey, casino's great too. We didn't add this into the conversation, though, for this team. Health has to be in it. Hey, get this. Maybe that's why they're not practicing as much in the exhibition season and in training camp because they know that. Because they're not deep at wideout. You're not deep there. That's not a wide receiving core that's deep. If A.J. Brown goes down, you're back to what you were a year ago. Kind of decent. If AJ and Devontae have lingering injuries the same way that Alshon and Deshaun had them for a couple of years, your offense is one-dimensional again, and you're back to where you were a year ago. You're not very deep thinking about it. You're not – hey, you know what, Xander? I'll tell you what I wouldn't mind doing. Since you guys don't want Antonio Brown, I wouldn't mind seeing if Julio Jones had something in the tank. Just for an insurance policy. Jalen has got to have everything set up. 
for him to be successful this year, I wouldn't mind. Okay. Yeah, but Odell Beckham is, he's probably not going to be ready until November. Okay. Maybe mid-October. Okay. Maybe mid-October. So, I mean, if Julio Jones can help your football, look at what A.J. Green did for the Cardinals last year. Guy went in there. Nobody thought he had anything left. Remember, he was in Cincinnati all them years, and they put him in that offense. He was pretty productive for a guy who people said didn't have anything in the tank. Brown, Smith, Watkins, Ward, Rager, White, something. I don't know. Like I said, if you take Smith or Brown out of that conversation, those are just dudes to me as a group. Smith or Brown get injured. You're you're just a decent group. The second year of a quarterback is usually the biggest jump. Hey, Smoke, I don't know if I agree with that. I think the third year is because you know why? Every coordinator now has game tape on Jalen and what his weaknesses and strengths are. Last year, they didn't have game film on him. Now they have game film, and they're going to prepare accordingly. Why don't we want AB4? They, you, you guys just don't want it. I, I would take that gamble. I would have that gamble. Okay, I would. If he's a tool, fire him. League minimum. You're not paying him anything. You're not surrendering any assets or anything. And he's a Hall of Fame talent. He's better than anything you have on your roster outside of Devontae and A.J. Brown. He'd be your third best wide receiver. Get this. Antonio Brown is the third best wide receiver in Philadelphia sitting at home in Fort Lauderdale right now. He's your third best. Well, he's a cancer in the line. Nobody's a cancer making league minimum. And if he starts acting like a tool, Lane Johnson or Jason Kelsey – or any of those guys in that locker room will shut that down. They'll go to the coach and they'll fire him. And you lose nothing. There's no face. Who gives a shit? Who who gives a shit if it doesn't work out? I didn't cost me anything. And we tried to make it work. Look, if you could put Deshaun Watson on a roster, you could put Antonio Brown on a roster. Okay, we, we have precedent now. You know, the league's filled with scumbags, okay? The league is filled with guys who have done scumbag things. And it's about levels now. You know, you sit there and you can say whatever you want. You can go like this. Yeah, well, that guy's not under the same heat that guy's under. Well, he took his pads off in the Jets game. <laughs> okay, well, I'll take that more than what they got going on in Cleveland. <laughs> I'm okay with Antonio Brown. And what am I paying him? League minimum? I'll take it. And God forbid he comes in and gets 50 catches for you. And get this. You want Jalen Hurts to have over 4,000 passing yards? You bring that guy in. You don't bring Zach Paschal in. Zach Paschal. So wait a minute. The same money you're paying Zach Paschal, you could pay Antonio Brown. But Zach Paschal is a better fit for the Eagles? Come on, man. 
And who's the third DB covering him? There's only two corners. So you're telling me a strong safety has to cover Antonio Brown? Good luck. And what about Goddard? Goddard has 100 catches if that goes down. Second year as... That's a good question. That's a good question. I think that number goes up every year with the cap. 2022 NFL league minimum for wide receivers. Here, here it is right here. NFL PA. I have it here. Let's see. Service. I think he's in. How many years is Antonio Brown? Is he a 10-year guy? How many years has Antonio Brown played? I'll tell you what the number is. If somebody could tell me how many years Antonio Brown has played, I'll tell you what that league number would be for 2022. Also, with how hard he works and access to the NFL films, dude, he, he, he as the third guy, <laughs> he's played 12 years. Okay. $1.1 million, the same money you pay Zach Pascal. <clears throat> the same money you pay Zach Pascal. You could have Antonio Brown. Yeah, 10 plus years is 1.12. So you would have AJ, Devontae, you put AB in the slot and your tight end is Dallas Goddard. Gee, that sounds terrible. <laughs> hey, that sounds brutal. Takeem goes like this, he'd probably ask for two and a half. Well, I don't care what he asked for. Then it doesn't work for us. I'd go like this to AB. AB, we're going to pay you league minimum. And he knows the number. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to put money on him. They want his ability. But they're not going to pay for that because there's too much of a risk. Okay? So when you have risk, you have leverage. He's out of work. And so what you do is you go to him and you go, tell you what, give you a shot. And we'll put $2 million in incentives into the contract if you hit your numbers. If you're on the team, and you know what I would do? I would do this for Antonio Brown. I'd pay the league minimum. If you're on the team in four weeks, I give you five hundred grand. If you're on the team in 10 weeks, I give you another 500 grand. If I have you on the team and you're in the fourth quarter, third quarter poll, and you're there, okay, and, and you're there on week 13, I give you another 500 grand. If you finish the season where you're on the roster, all 17, you get another 500. That's 2 million bucks just to see if the guy can make it to Lincoln Financial every Sunday. I don't think that that's that much of a deal. So you can make $3 million. You can 
fix up your identity. You sign a one-year contract with the guy, and then you go in the open market to see if anybody's going to believe you. I don't believe they would. And the Eagles would have the option on what they would want to do, whether or not they think he would be good to bring back. I don't, I think more teams, in my opinion, like watch this. If I'm the Green Bay Packers and Antonio Brown is sitting out there, how are you not on the horn trying to work a deal with this guy? Bring him in, work him out, and see if this guy still wants to play or not with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown would have 120 catches. Put him, put him in Baltimore. Put him with now you can't do Brady anymore. Put him in Denver. Omar goes every locker room that he goes in, he injects poison. Dude, are you under some impression that the locker room in the NFL is unlike any other business room where you have cancers in your place of business too, but you seem to get a job done? How many people work with jackasses every day in their business world that you know is a poison to his boss, you know is a poison to you, you know is a detriment to your organization and to your sales department or whatever department it is, but yet you function okay. And you know that you've got people in there. You make the NFL locker room sound like it's a kindergarten class. There's no difference from an NFL locker room to a business locker room where you go to work every day and you see a piece of you-know-what in the locker, in, in your office every day, knowing that the guy hides under his desk every day and he's an ass. You guys make it sound like these guys are children. Okay? Omar Gosils, you know it's different from regular jobs. Yeah, because there's more finances involved. And quite frankly, Omar, if Antonio Brown can help me get incentive, if I'm Lane Johnson, and my incentives are if my offense goes from passing 27th to 10th, and I'm part of that increase, and in my contract, I have, if I'm the number one rushing offense, I get a million-dollar bonus. And if my team is the number 10 passing team in the NFL, I get another million and Antonio Brown helps me. I don't give a shit if he's having sex with a snake. It has no bearing as long as he's helping me financially and winning. That's all I care about. I'm not asking him to date my daughter and I'm not bringing him over to dinner. What you think everybody gets along off the field? Dude, the only thing that's in charge... Yeah, Omar, I'll tell you what's different is that when you show up to work, you don't have to have relationships with these guys. You just have to get along with these guys. I've always said this about NFL locker rooms. Look, you don't have to be the greatest guy on the planet, okay? But what you got to be is a good dude, okay? Like, you could be an ass to people. You can have short tempers with people, which can't be... You just can't be a bad guy. 
You can't be a bad – nobody wants to have to answer for bad guys. Like the stuff going on in Cleveland, that's creepy bad guy stuff. I don't want to answer that. I don't. Antonio Brown taking his pads off is weird. That's not a bad guy. The Sean Watson stuff is bad guy stuff. Okay? That's bad guy stuff. Beating your kid with a switch until his genitals bleed, that's a bad guy like Adrian Peterson. Punching your wife in the face, that's a bad guy. Even the Giants could use him with that quarterback. Dank goes like this. Bart Scott said the same thing. He got dragged for it. Yeah, because the liberal media can't take the truth, as always. Hey, get this, Dank. That's because you know why? The liberal media looks down on athletes because they think we're stupid and they stereotype us. That we can't handle a guy like Antonio Brown. Omar, I'm not saying that you're doing that. But what you do is you disrespect athletes for not being smart and seeing the room too. See, liberal media, man, they don't get how they treat athletes. They think we're 14 years old. And what they'll do is, well, he's a cancer in the locker room. That's not my concern. I didn't put him in the locker room. The owner did. It's like it, it, it goes on to the player to have to deal with that. And it's on me because they put somebody in the locker room with me that doesn't have great character and that has done something. And I have to answer for it because the owner did it. Nothing to do with me. But if that guy can help me win, owner saw fit to put him in the room, help me win my, my incentives, I'm all over it. Bart Scott's right. People don't want to hear that, that you'll tolerate poor behavior and you'll tolerate that. Again, I'm not really tolerating it. The owner did it. What Bart didn't add into that, because I heard that, Dank. What Bart said, what he didn't put into it was, I didn't put him in the locker room. I didn't hire him. You put him in there for me to get along with him for us to try to have a goal of winning a championship. Okay, it ain't on me. If you hire a scumbag, how's that on me? But yet you're asking me to go along with him. Well, I'm going to. If he helps me win and make money, I'm not going to lie to you and go, well, hey, I don't want anything to do with it. And he's a low life. Da, 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 da. You know, we're, we're very smart people. Unfortunately, uh, the fans and sometimes the media don't think of us as being very smart. Italians, athlete. I've faced it my whole life. People don't think we're smart. The, the, the whole thing with, I, I, I didn't hear Trotter talk about T.O. and McNabb. Those two guys didn't understand the room. Who cares who was drunk? Who cares who was a baby? Go win me some games. Dude, when you fight like 15-year-olds, okay, that's leadership. And I'll question Donovan McNabb's leadership you know, Xander goes like this to me, never won the chip. You know why? His leadership problems at the very end, the intangible that we talk about that Jalen has, he lacked. 
He was a better player, but he lacked the one thing to get teams across the finish line because he was petty. Everything bugged him. The media bugged him in Philly. Teammates that got more money bugged him. What was the one thing that he had, too, with Deshaun Jackson? He was the first guy named to the Pro Bowl in two different positions. He had a problem with that. Why? That's so petty. What do you care? Because you know why? He got paid for that. He was completely a petty dude. McNabb didn't get across the finish line because he was petty. And stupid things got in his way. Instead of just being happy forever. You know what thing is the craziest thing about Tom Brady that will always go down about Brady and what his success was? No one talks shit on Brady for 23 years. I have never heard one person, if you count A.B., I have never heard anybody say anything negative about that guy, and they said he's the Brady's, besides Brady being the greatest quarterback of all time, I'll say this over for you too. Tom Brady's the greatest teammate of all time. The greatest teammate. That guy goes into every season all in, sacrifices his family too. Everything Deshaun said about McNabb makes McNabb look like a suck. He, 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 right. Deshaun Jackson, who I get this, I, I know people who know him say that Deshaun is a super cool dude to be around. And for him to take shots at McNabb, that I, I couldn't believe it. it was, he, he said it a couple weeks ago on a podcast. I was like, this, wow. <laughs> wow. All right. Hit the like button. Don't forget, Dave wants that from Fox Sports will join us at 5:30 Eastern Time. Hour three. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on can you Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. 
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. It's been great today. Man, this show's flying, isn't it? Deuces Rogers will be with us tomorrow at 3.30 from ABC6 in Philly. So we'll talk to him. Like I said, Dave wants that from Fox Sports at the bottom of the hour at 5.30 Eastern time. I'm going to make a point to you college-wise here. Then I'm going to reset the topics here that we had in the first hour here a little bit. Um, can I tell you why the Southeastern Conference – is the best college football. It's the premier league of college football right now. Can I tell you why it over the last 20 years has become the dominant college football conference in America? Why do you think that is? What happened in the last 20 years to the SEC that nothing happened anywhere else in the country and that college football has become so regionalized that people in Philly don't give a shit about it. People in LA, people in New York, barely any people in Chicago. Some people in the Midwest care, Notre Dame, Ohio State. The rest of you don't care. It used to be, back in the old days, college football kind of had, I mean, we were, Saturdays and Sundays, right, for football. I love college football, by the way. I love it. But why do you think college football disintegrated for the rest of the conferences around the country, I'm going to tell you what happened. And I'm going to bring this up with Dave Wanstad. Um, Miami, Florida State, and Florida all shit the bed and allowed Xanders, Alabama, to go into the state of Florida, Clemson, and the rest of those SEC teams to pillage the entire state and the southeastern part of the country and the region and build up those programs. Then they signed an enormously great television deal with CBS that propelled them into the next stratosphere. All the kids started staying home. You didn't have to travel to California any longer or to the Big, big Ten. You could just stay locally at Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. You didn't have to do any of that. Don't you notice in the last 20 years, Florida State and Miami have been completely dog shit. When I played, there was a thing called the Big Three. Florida, Miami, and Florida State were always ranked in the top five every year, every year, every year. Now, Miami's trying to get back. Florida State's trying to build it up again. But you're never going to get back to the levels of what you had 20 years ago where you were finishing in the top five every year. When I played in the state of Florida, we, had, we didn't have FSU. I mean, excuse me, we didn't have FIU, FAU, UCF. UCF. We didn't have any of them schools. We didn't have to worry about them. So our depth level was those programs. 
Now they're all at Alabama. Now they're all at Alabama. And Bama, get this, USC and UCLA having to move to the West and into the Midwest. You think that's good? That'd be like Alabama having to move to the Pac-12. How does that help Alabama? You're in the same region. Everyone in the media is going because those woke communities that they have at UCLA and USC, you think those are like, that helps? I've got to travel to Bloomington, Indiana to play Indiana where I I don't have to travel to San Francisco any longer to play Cal. How does that help those programs? Money-wise, yes. But you're going to be like Nebraska. Well, you think a kid is going to stay in Southern California because he plays um, Indiana or he plays Northwestern? Come on, man. If I live in the if I live in the state of California, I'm going to the Southeastern Conference, where the best coaches are, and where the best programs are, and the most visibility. Going to the Big Ten. I live in Los Angeles. I don't think so. I'm going to go to Texas A&M, LSU, Alabama, Florida, Tennessee, and those programs. Think about this for a second. The Big Ten put. Rutgers and Maryland in their conference, for what reason? Because of the D.C. and Baltimore and New York markets. Then they get the L.A. market. How is the Southeastern Conference the most dominant? Hey, Xander, how is the SEC the most dominant college football conference in the country when you're in Oxford, Mississippi? Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Okay. College Station, Gainesville, Florida, Knoxville, Tennessee. These are not iconic cities that get great television ratings when we're talking TV. Okay? Every one of those conference, every one of those conference schools are in the middle of nowhere. But the Big Ten has to go to those cities to get into the room. And get this, you're being out television rated by a team from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, or from Athens, Georgia. Where are these places? (laughs) Columbia, South Carolina. What's the biggest city in the SEC? Well, let me think. Are there any SEC uh, teams in, in, um, in Dallas? No. Houston? No. New Orleans? No. Baton Rouge is not New Orleans. Nashville is their biggest city. And they destroy TV ratings every Saturday. Good night. SEC got stronger. (laughs) Lexington, I forgot... The Mecca of Lexington, Kentucky. Holy cow. You got those small-ass cities destroying everybody's conference. How is that possible? It's well-run and it's well-financed. Hey, dude. Baton Rouge? Really? Lexington's a Nashville's a great city, actually, if you've ever been there. Anyway, 
Let's move on here. Please hit the like button. Don't forget, Dave wants that at the bottom of the hour. I'm watching how people are talking about how this is a great move for USC and UCLA, and I'm going, how? How is that a good move that I got to go to Ames, Iowa now? Or I've got to go to Minneapolis to play the Gophers. <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. You know, you're like, hey, man, you know, Sills, we, we're going to go to Lincoln, Nebraska. USC's got to go to Lincoln, Nebraska now. What, what, where Alabama does this. Dude, the city, the cities don't matter in the SEC. The school's brand. LSU. Dude, you think LSU is its own country. Texas A&M, it's its own country. If you've ever been to Norman, hey, Dank, Oklahoma's going to be annihilated in the SEC. Oklahoma will be lucky to win more than seven games in the Southeastern Conference, and that includes Texas. You bet your ass on that. I don't care what they say about Arch Manning. Hey, Arch, get ready. Your brother didn't win an SEC title either, okay? Or your grandfather, whatever he is, your cousin, your uncle. I think it's your uncle. Yeah, Peyton Manning was 0-4 versus Florida. Did you know that? Never beat the Gators. <laughs> Peyton Manning was 0-4 versus Spurrier. Oh, hey, not, not, not to bore people in Philly with college football because you guys haven't had a college football program for about 100 years. Last time Temple was good, I think Franklin Roosevelt was in the White House. <laughs> I mean, that's a damn shame too, man. This college football is a great sport. All right, please hit the like button. Hey, look at what we've done today. Have I been Jalen Hurts kind today? Have I? I think I've been pretty kind. Baton Rouge is like next to New Orleans. Okay, it's a suburb of New Orleans. Don't you think I've been kind of kind? Yeah. Can I make a suggestion to you? <laughs> this is gonna. Okay, get ready. Get 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 ready here. Eagles were to go out and trade for Jimmy G. Put him on the roster. Give up a second rounder for him. He's only making $24 million. What would you think about that? Strengthen your quarterback position. You could probably use him as he gets healthier. He's not ready to go now. Jimmy Garoppolo's not ready to go. You put him on your roster. And if by week eight, things are going great, you could trade that guy for a team that's starving for a quarterback. And you could probably get either a high two or potentially even a team that panics a low one. Michael goes by Jalen. Well, it's about the best guy playing the position, too. 
Okay? So you mean tell me, by Jalen? What do you make of that? Having a conversation here. It's not a rip on anybody. But I'm, I want to protect my roster. Here. Because, and, and, follow me here. So do you think if they get word next week in Cleveland, say they get word next week in Cleveland that Deshaun Watson will be suspended lengthy and it's like 12 games, maybe even a full year, you're going to go like this? Well, let's eat the year with Jacoby Brissett and let's just run through it and we'll wait till next year. And you're going to waste a roster that, according to Pro Football Focus and many people think, has Super Bowl talent on it. You're not going to make a play for Garoppolo? Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you do that now when the price is low? Because if you get into the season, you get into the year, that price tag goes up. The thing with Jalen is you're only paying him 1.1. This stuff here about giving him the full year, I want the team, I don't want to waste this roster either. Watch this. Kelsey's got one year left. He's out after this. Okay. How many years does Lane Johnson have? Two. So within the next three years, you're going to have to do some damage in rebuilding your old line. You're going to lose your center, your right tackle. You may lose Samalu in the offseason because you haven't given him a contract. That whole right side could be gone in the next year and a half. Your windows today... Your left side secure. Absolutely. Landon Dickerson, maybe what they do is they move Landon Dickerson over to right tackle. They put Dickerson at right tackle. You have your bookends again. Then you find your guards. Jeff Stoutland is spectacular. You drafted a kid this year. That's the heir apparent, it seems. We don't know yet. Hertz is a more dynamic. Hertz is not a dynamic quarterback. Where are you getting that from? Where did you see dynamic last year? Stop with that word dynamic. Dynamic is Lamar Jackson. That's dynamic. That's not dynamic. Dynamic. Max Johnson transferred from what I understand from LSU and I thought Max was decent I'm not gonna Brad's a friend of mine I don't think that high yet of him I want to see him play some more okay is he better than Spencer Radler by far by far I think he is Omar says, are you ever kind to my guy? Yeah, I said he could take a team to the Super Bowl. Yeah. 
What more do you want from me? What more? He could take it. If Colin Kaepernick could take a team to the Super Bowl, so can your guy. Dude, you, you're, you're crazy if you think that guy is dynamic. That's not dynamic. Dynamic is Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Your definition of dynamic to me, Dak Prescott's not dynamic to me. He's not. We don't want Jimmy G. Well, then you don't want to win. Randall's dynamic. Randall Cunningham is dynamic. 30 touchdowns. Randall Cunningham was dynamic. That's a dynamic quarterback. You know, Michael, that's a really great take. I am. Michael, that's, that's, you're right, Michael. I am. I am all about upgrading. Okay? I am. I am all about upgrading. Xander just goes, hey, Rockin' Randall Cunningham. Bro, that guy, that guy was dynamic. He was a special player. He just had shitty old linemen in front of him. And that was a known fact. The owner was too cheap to build an old line around him. And that's why, he, you know what? Norman Brayman, who I love, and forgive me, Norman, I don't mean to say this to you, but you were the Charlie Finley of NFL owners. That great defense that every person in the personnel department put on that Eagle team and developed from the time they were drafted until the time their contracts expired and they had to pay them, they had to get rid of them. And why I compare them to Charlie Finley, how do you have a team like the Oakland A's with Catfish Hunter, Reggie Jackson, Joe Rudy, Vita Blue, Blue Moon Odom, Sal Bando, Gene Tennis, Burt Campanaris, Raleigh Fingers. And when their contracts came up, they moved them. Instead of keeping that team together, which was the greatest baseball team in my lifetime. That Oakland Athletics team back in the 70s when I was a young kid was the greatest ball team of all time. Every position had an all-star on it, including the pitching staff, and I say it was better than the big red machine. But Finley was a cheap owner. He didn't want to pay free agency. He didn't want to pay the money for those guys. So they moved them all. That team was so great. Reggie says it to this day. If they ever kept that team together, shit, man, they had won 10 titles. I think they won three, if I'm not mistaken. I think they won three championships, that Oakland A's team. It's a phenomenal, man. I mean, they beat the Big Red Machine. They beat the Dodgers. They beat the Mets. They were great, man. That was a great ball team. You will never see a ball. If that baseball team were today in, in, in sports, shit, man, that Oakland A's team would be worth $300 million. You'd be paying a luxury tax like you wouldn't believe. Your starting rotations, Catfish and Vida. <laughs> anyway, you couldn't afford those two dudes. 25 and a 27-game winner. Plus, you had one of the greatest closers of all time, and Reggie. Good night. But Norman Brayman didn't want to pay for the O-line. He didn't. McNabb dynamic at times. McNabb 
McNabb was dynamic at times. I heard Jimmy G is even friendlier than Hurts. Hey, imagine this, Mike. Jimmy Garoppolo has all the intangibles of Jalen Hurts, but with a winning record. How's that for you? You know all the intangibles that you sell me? Jimmy Garoppolo has them in spades. And Jimmy Garoppolo is revered. Can I, can I tell you something about why I like Garoppolo so much? Can I tell you why? Do you know how you hear people, and, 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 I, and I love that Lane and all these guys are saying this about Jalen. It's good to hear that teammates, A.J. Brown, Lane Johnson, the coaching staff, everyone's talking highly about Jalen Hurts. You know what's funny about San Francisco? How come, hey, Xander, think about this too. How come I don't hear anybody like petitioning and raving about Trey Lance yet? Don't you think you'd hear something out of 49ers camp on how his leadership, his passing arm, his his tenacity? How come I don't hear any of those selling points in San Francisco by the play? I hear them. I hear I, I I I hear him for Justin Fields, the guys in Chicago trying to pump him up. I hear Jalen. I hear Doug Peterson talking about Trevor Lawrence. I hear people talking about Mac Jones in New England. How come I don't hear one San Francisco 49er player going like this? Man, I gotta tell you. This Trey Lance kid, man. Boy, I'll tell you something. I can't wait to start the 2022 season with him because I got to tell you, he is something special. Shit, man, when Patrick Mahomes was behind Alex Smith, all you heard sports reporters and sports people who covered the Chiefs were saying is, you should see this kid Mahomes in practice. He is unbelievable. You know, you kind of get that same glimpse of Green Bay. How many years has Jordan Love now been in Green Bay? Three? Is it three going on four? I can't tell. I've forgotten how many years he's been in the league now because I've never seen him but one game last year. You don't hear anybody in Green Bay going like this. Man, when Rodgers calls it a career, we got the next best thing. So, I mean, that's one thing that I'm, I'm not hearing in San Francisco. Every place else, in Chicago, like I said, I'm hearing the teammates and the, the organization talk about Justin Fields, Mac Jones in New England. I'm hearing people talk about him, Jalen Hurts in Philly. In San Francisco, I haven't heard one player, one coach, one person go like this about Lance. Man, this guy is spectacular. I'm actually hearing the reverse. Hey, man, there's people politicianing for Garoppolo to actually keep the job in San Francisco because he's 36 and 14. You're going to get rid of that? Good luck to you, man. Good luck to you. You're going to go to a guy because you gave up all those assets. 
you're going to get rid of a guy who's won 36 and 16, been to two NFC championship games in three years and went to a Super Bowl and won a conference title. You better be right. Kyle Shanahan's reputation is on it. My next guy knows how important that decision is at quarterback. Let's bring in our friend Coach Wanstad from Fox Sports. Coach, would you agree all the years that you were a head coach in the NFL, the number one decision every year you had to make was what was right at that position, the quarterback position. When you guys got to Dallas, you had Troy there. Troy had just gotten there. You guys drafted him. But you knew it was going to be Troy, but you didn't deviate. And our guy, Steve Walsh, you guys used as assets to get more draft choices. How important is that, Coach, to understand that that position has to be addressed every single time? Well, it, it's critical, Danny, and uh, I'm probably the wrong guy to be uh, an expert on quarterbacks. I had six different starters in six years at the Bears. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely – and Steve Walsh was the one quarterback that we went and won a playoff game on the road up at Minnesota – he was our quarterback. But, no, what you're saying is 100% true. I I think, uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan is as respected as any coach in the league, uh, just like you said. Uh, but it comes a point where you've, you've got to take it to the next level. And, and, and pretty soon, uh, you know, the clock is running. You hate to say that about anybody. So the thing that makes this a little bit tricky or trickier, we might say, than maybe some jobs – if you go in as a first-year head coach, you know, uh, when I went to the Dolphins, we, we scarred the thing. Danny Marino was at the end of his career. And we thought that with the offense that we were going to run, Jay Fiedler with Chan Gailey was my offense coordinator, that he gave us the best chance, but we had to do something at quarterback. So we signed Jay and, and won 10 games a year for four years. So, I mean, uh, uh, you know, you, you got to make that decision early. Now here San Francisco sits – and it's not – an it's, it's the honeymoon's over. I mean, this is – you know, everyone expects uh, not just division titles, Super Bowls. So, boy, I don't know. I, I just – I agree with you. There's not much conversation out of there. I do think there might be something off with Jimmy G. What? Whether it's injury, whatever it is, or something that we don't know. But I think there's something that we don't know with Trey Lance also. This is a critical decision I – you're, you're better with two maybe than you are with one if it doesn't work out. So I think, Kyle, I know the trade rumors are hot, but I'd be careful of getting rid of a player that has won games for you in the past. I really would. You know, Coach, I'm going to say something here. Please tell me if you disagree. I think you got a bum deal as a coach in the NFL, and I'm going to tell you why. The Bears haven't had an all-pro quarterback since Sid Luckman, and that's back in the 50s. The, the Dolphins are still searching for a quarterback since Dan Marino and when you and Jimmy were there. You're at the two places that have never been able to develop quarterbacks. I don't know what happened, why the Bears can't do it. They develop every other position, O-line, defenses, defensive pass rushers, secondary guys, even Allen Robinson last year with the wide receiver position. Coach, why do some organizations struggle so much at that position? Well, I mean, I, I got to take some responsibility for that because the head coach is involved in all those decisions. There's no question about it. I, I think this is going to be, you know, you mentioned the Bears, and I got to say this because I'm going to do, I do a lot of Bears work during the week here, radio and TV. 
So I'm pretty close to that situation. And I think I speak for all Bears fans that we, we're going to find out about Justin Fields this year. I mean, they hired a defensive head coach, as we know. Uh, they're going to play defense. The offensive coaches that they hired, you know, I know all these guys personally. They are going to run the football. They understand how to run the football. And the head coach being defense understands the importance. My point is this. That the Bears are going to run a quarterback-friendly offense. So it's going to give Justin Fields the best opportunity to be successful. And, and, and we're all hopeful that, that he's the guy for the long term. But uh, we're going to find out this year. Do they want to run the same, same type of offense in Chicago that they run in Philly? And the fact that it's a run-dominant offense. And, again, Coach, when you have players like Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts, the key to me is first and second down. You can't be third and long and behind the sticks if you've got those type of quarterbacks because they're never going to throw you out of trouble. Joe Burrow and guys like um, Justin Herbert, those guys can get down 14 and come back and win games. Bears and the Eagles, they get up 10 points. Somebody gets 10 points up on them. You're not coming back because there's no comeback capabilities. Is that kind of what you're seeing in Chicago? They want to resemble that a little? Well, I, I believe so. I mean, I think when you look at, uh, you know, Matt Eberflus, the, the new head coach, you know, he's a, uh, he comes from Indy where the run was the focus, obviously, with Jonathan Taylor down there with the Colts. And, and so the Bears got this David Montgomery. I think he's a better player than what anybody really realizes. I think this guy is really good. You know, the tailback uh, that they got out of Iowa State about three years ago. Yeah. And uh, they got a good young offensive line. I, I kind of like the Bears. I, I mean, the problem is, Danny, and this is the – is that everybody else is getting better. I think, I think that Minnesota this year could really take a step. I kind of like the Vikings as a sleeper in that division. You got Green Bay. And, and you got to appreciate what's going on up at Detroit. I mean, they have really uh, – they bought in to what Dan Campbell's doing up there on, on, from a team standpoint, and that's not going to be easy. So that division's going to be tough. There might not be a premier, premier team, maybe Green Bay, maybe Minnesota, but I'll tell you, the competition in that division is going to be – it's going to be difficult. Coach, I want to get to some college questions, but I want to ask you one Eagle question here because obviously our fan base is in is in Philadelphia here. This is what I say about Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen is in the category of a Colin Kaepernick, and if you're comfortable with that style, you can get to a Super Bowl and you can compete for one. But if you're looking to take advantage of today's NFL rules, pass interference down the field, it's a passing game, targeting rules, don't hit the quarterback, you got to win from the pocket, Coach. And to me, a guy like Hertz, as talented as an athlete, as great a guy you and I have talked about in the past, that's all great. But those are intangibles that's expected at that position when you come into the NFL. To me, at the end of the year, I don't know if I'm not going to be going into the draft or looking at one of these seven quarterbacks that potentially could be drafted in the first round. How would you look at Jalen and this 22 year going for the Eagles? Yeah, I think that they have to. I'm, I'm going to use the word balanced because I like the Eagles. I like what they're doing. I, I love their offense and defensive line. Uh, and I love Jalen Hurts. I mean, you, you hire him for I don't care what business you're in, TV, radio, hire him. He's going to make your team better. He's a winner and he's a class kid. 
I always judged quarterbacks. So I always looked around the league and said, okay, if, 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 if I had this kid and we're down by 10 and we need two scores to win the game in the fourth quarter with six, seven minutes to go, can my guy do that? Can he bring us back from being down 10? And that's what has to happen. The Brady's of the world, the Aaron Rodgers, you know, uh, that's, you know, Patrick Mahomes. That's what these guys do. Yeah, because you're going to get in that situation. And if you're going to win the big one, you're going to have to come back from being down 10 and you're going to have to make enough plays throwing it around to, uh, to win a game or two like that. And I'm, I'm just not sure if they got that in Philadelphia. I really don't know if they can do that. I agree with you hundred percent coach. You coached at Southern Cal before you came to Miami. Um, you were there for a couple of years. Uh, you know, the pedigree there, you know, the, um, the organization and you know, the program. What's your take on them going to the Big Ten in three years? Well, the first comment would be I was shocked. And, you know, I, I do, uh, I do a, a TV show, as you know, Danny, but for our listeners, our viewers, every Tuesday on the Big Ten Network. I've been doing that now for seven, eight years. So I'm, I'm real close with, pretty close with the Big Ten and what's going on there. Uh, I was taken back. Uh, I was totally shocked. Having coached, it, you said, at USC, won a Rose Bowl, beat Ohio State when I was at USC, so I know that USC, UCLA uh, prestige and, 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 and the tradition with both of those schools. And I'll tell you what, the Big Ten right now, uh, I don't know if they, you know, when, when you get to bring a school into your conference, let's use UCLA first. You know, UCLA, you're getting all the sports in that athletic department. And, and you talk about a class program, uh, Big Ten's all about being academically sound and accountable. They are. I mean, I think they've won 119 team championships. I don't know if anybody's won more in the entire country. I think they're second. They might be tied for first. You know, so so you're getting a credible, from top to bottom, athletic program. And the second one, obviously, USC, what do you got to say? You know, I mean, from the national championships, the Heismans, I mean, it's endless uh, with what they're going to bring to the table. I, I think that uh, I was the national recruiter when I was at USC and I recruited kids and we, and we were coming off probation that first year. We weren't even bowl eligible the very first year I was there, but I got players out of DC, uh, Harrisburg, hmm. Pennsylvania, Dallas, Texas, and just walking in saying, Hey, I'm, I'm from USC. And we were getting their attention back there. So they're a team a lot like the, you know, Ohio States of the world and Notre Dame's of the world where you can go anywhere, you know, Alabama's and walk in and you say, I'm from Southern Cal and you're going to get the kids attention. So I think it's a, it's a great, uh, a great addition really for the big 10. I love it. I think it strengthens them in all categories on the field and off the field. Uh, the biggest thing that, that, that I see is, is the whole scheduling thing, you know, because of that, with, with the college kids and the, the going across the country and football might not be as bad. We never did it. You know, this, if we played on the, and we didn't play much when we were at Miami, but when I was at the dolphins and we played the Raiders and we played the Seahawks out there, we went out Saturday morning and we yeah. kept our same schedule. We got them up. The kids were up, guys are up at four in the morning. And so what? Okay. Pretend like it's 11. Okay. And we're going to, we got to play and win this game. So we never did much with the scheduling where a lot of these NFL coaches, and it'll be real interesting to see, you know, one, two days in advance, they want to adjust to the time zones and get into all that. So now you're in college and you have quote the academics, 
that's going to be interesting to see how how the Big Ten helps them out with some scheduling so they can be on TV and get them on national TV. And it's not midnight for us guys on the East Coast. You know, that's that's going to be interesting to see how they work through the scheduling part. We never had issues with us traveling, except if we were going to cold places. I'll leave that alone there. Coach, let me, I, I'm going to say well, this. When, to when we went to cold places, we just hoped you guys got off the bus. <laughs> Let's be real, okay? We stood there and just did a head count, okay? We got 50 off this bus and 50 off the other. We're, we're, we got a chance. <laughs> Is that snow? Yeah, that's snow, kid. Bro, good. Hey, Coach, I say this and why the SEC is the dominant conference. They're like the Premier League today. Um, and in college football, it's them and everyone else. I think the Big Ten is right there, but top to bottom, Southeastern Conference. Coach, I, I, I came up with this theory. Tell me if you think I'm crazy. It's been 20 years since the University of Miami and Florida State and really Florida have right. been dominant football programs. And to me, what happened was Miami goes to a basketball conference along with Florida State. I don't want to play against Wake Forest. Coach, when we were independent, we played the Oklahomas. We played the South Carolinas. We played Auburns. We played all these programs because we self-put these big teams on programs because we knew we needed to do that. And to me, it, get, it allowed teams like Alabama, LSU, to go into the state of Florida and to keep kids regionally instead of having to go across to the Pac-12 or to the Big Ten. And to me, really, it was – Miami's the big three. We used to have those three programs in the top five every year we were there. They were always in the top five. But the demise of those programs have opened the door for the SEC and the Florida kids that go to Alabama. Coach, two years ago, the entire backfield for the national championship Alabama team was from South Florida. Yeah. Does yeah. that play into it, you think? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, you know, uh, you know, everyone says there's a ton of good players in Florida. There always has you been, recruit ninety percent. Did you recruit ninety percent of the time in the in state Florida. of Florida, or was oh, it? Oh, oh yeah, Jimmy kind of had a deal where we were six hour drive in a car. You know, that was kind of our radius, and then we would go up to New Jersey a little bit because we had some success there with Stubby and some of those guys. And then we would go anywhere for a quarterback. That was really the philosophy that we had. But, uh, you know, but the point I was going to say is there has always been the talent in the high schools hasn't dropped off in Florida. No. It's just it's just that the Miamis and the Florida States and the Floridas probably aren't getting the best ones. You know what I mean? And that's when you said, you know, Alabama's backfield was all Florida kids. You know, you'd like to think now that that's changing at all these places. I mean, I think all these places right now, uh, you know, that understand that they've got to keep the best players in the state and then go from there. So it, it'll be interesting to see. But I, I, I think, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, the Southeast Conference, I remember sitting in draft meetings and we would have a draft board and we would be trying to decide where we wanted to, how many scouts, territories, you know, kind of like recruiting and how many scouts we were going to send out West. And we would say, okay, let's just put up there a little dot of the draftable kids over the last few years and you on the whole country and you put this board up there and you'd have all these dots and, and that's Southeastern, including Florida, you know, it had, it was overloaded. And, uh, and so we would put an emphasis there with our scouts. So I don't think it's changed. I think the thing that has to change is that Florida state and Miami 
have to get the best players in the state of Florida. If they can get the best players, which it looks like Mario and they're doing down there, you know, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. I got a call from Mario. And by the way, over the weekend, they landed that kid from IMG, that offensive tackle, you know? So I get a text message from him. By the way, he texts me every day and he goes, get the rock to tweet it. Get the rock to tweet it. I'm actually liking the fact I that- I saw that. I saw you. You got it done. Hey, we did. And guess what? Rock goes like this to me. He goes, he goes, so what? He goes, you think this really matters? I go, did you talk to the grandfather? And he goes, yeah, I talked to the grandfather in Hawaii last week. I go, tweet it out. And he did. And the kid signed an hour later. And I'm sitting there and Mario goes, dude, thank. And I go, hey, let me tell you something. The one thing that Don Solinger, Dave Wanstead, Butch Davis, and all those guys were, even when you were at Pitt, the guys that you recruit, coach, you guys were the greatest freaking recruiters and talent evaluators for college football of all time. Do you ever think of who the talent, the all the people you guys have brought into programs that you were associated with? Jimmy, you guys are in Miami. You fight Jason Taylor in the third round and Zach um, in like the fifth round. I mean, these I guys think, are Hall of Fame football players. I think Aaron Donald had one other offer when I went into a school to recruit him. So and he was recruited like Russell? Oh, yeah. He school? Was, there you go. He was a Russell, Maryland type of guy. I think he, I think he had one other offer. He was a you know heavyweight wrestler in the state. And uh, obviously, you know, because of his height and everything, you know, these schools got these, you know, measurables is the but word. But you and, guys uh, like that height. I'm a great example of that. I mean, yes, you guys exactly. like that. It never scared you guys. No, playmakers. Playmakers was the word Jimmy started. And uh, uh, and, and that's kind of when we recruited Aaron Donald. You know, that, that was exactly what we saw uh, when we recruited Aaron Donald. No question. You think he's better than Jerome? Oh, boy. I'll tell you what. I, I've said this. For a defensive tackle, I have never seen a guy make as many plays in the backfield as this. It's almost hard to believe that you can't block him. I mean, you know, in its run, its pass, uh, I think he's the and, – and, you know, Reggie White just destroyed us for years when I was at the Bears and everywhere. And there's a lot of great ones, a lot of great ones. But I, I said that, uh, you know, to me, Aaron Donald, and I'm partial. Did you I don't see that at Pitt, Coach? I don't when think he was there. A, did you a, see that potential? Sure. Oh, absolutely, I did. No, heck, no. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> hey, how did how did the uh, baseball tournament turn out? Uh, we didn't win, but I'm here in Chicago now, so uh, there's no turning back. So now I, I get into it, and I got uh, grandsons playing football at Loyola for John Holosack. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, got a full, I got six grandkids up there, so my summer is booked from the One next two months. One of the greatest cities in the history of America is Chicago. In the summer, as we get towards, like, November, you might want to start rolling down to Naples, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> You think I paid for this tan I'm wearing, Danny? <laughs> coach, thank you. I love you so much for doing this. Thank you, Coach. All right. See you, buddy. Anytime. You got it. Dave wants that. Appreciate that very much. All right. Lot of stuff there. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV, now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sales. Appreciate everybody coming aboard with us here. Don't forget, Deuces Rogers tomorrow will be with us from ABC6 in Philly. I saw some of you guys barking out there about your boy, Jalen. I know that Dave looks at the same thing and sees what I see. Hey, by the way, if you want a guy at a bar mitzvah or you want a guy at a christening or if you want a guy to, like, you know, baptize you, Jalen Hurts is your guy. He's your guy, man. But if you want to win a football game, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You want him at a bar mitzvah? You want him at a christening? Okay. You want him at a seance? He's your guy. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> that's all I'm saying, man. I, 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 I don't know there. Okay. Eagles missed on Donald. Hey, a lot of people did. Nobody saw that dude at six feet, 275, turning out to be that type of football player. Okay? Okay, nobody said that. Okay? Oh, so George Kittle said that uh, Trey Lance is the guy? Oh, okay. I hadn't heard George Kittle say that. Okay, so George Kittle is the – 
George Kittle came out and said something positive about Trey Lance. Good. It's good to hear. He needs that because I haven't really heard anybody else. So they got one guy and a star. And a star to say it. Good. Okay. You think Dak is better than Stafford, Chris? Boy, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't I don't think that Dak Prescott's better than Matthew Stafford. Hey, look, yeah, man. Hey, if I had someone to take my daughter to the prom, Jalen Hurts is the guy. It ain't Deshaun Watson, I'll tell you that. <laughs> hey, who do you hey Sills, who do you want to have take your you want to see something that's so effed up? Watch this. Sills, who do you want to take your daughter to the prom? Deshaun Watson or Jalen Hurts? Um, well, yeah, Jalen. Who do you want to quarterback your team? Deshaun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, wait, wait a minute. I don't how do why do why can't I do both? Sills who Sills, who you mean to tell me you you you're, you're oh I'd take Deshaun hands down even with the yeah, absolutely guy's gonna win games, but you wouldn't want him to date your daughter. Shit, I wouldn't want him in the same state as my daughter. Baker Mayfield, my daughter would beat Baker Mayfield up, so I'm okay with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, my daughter Dee would beat Baker Mayfield up. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate it, man. I wouldn't worry about Baker. My daughter would punch him in the face if he did anything stupid. So, yeah. Oh, that's great, Kenneth. Anthony Harris took some Eagle fan's daughter to the prom. Oh, that's a great thing, man. That's cool. Yeah, that's 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 good, man. I like that. Baker Mayfield. Watson won four games d- during his last... Yeah, Davey Boy, are you going to try to say he sucks and that's why somebody gave him $230 million and 15 teams wanted him? Okay, yeah, okay. He sucks. Hey, Davey Boy, Matthew Stafford won one playoff game in 12 years in Detroit, too. And he went for, he, he won a Super Bowl last year, too, to your point. And <laughs> Matthew Stafford won one game. In Detroit, 12 years. In Detroit. Okay? One game. He goes one year in Los Angeles with a good with a good roster and a great coach and a great play calling coach to say and that. And he wins the Super Bowl. How you doing? Joseph, you guys are miserable. I don't think the Browns are exactly the model organization at quarterback. Uh, no, but they got a hell of a roster. Michael, man, you guys are awesome always. Hey, dude, hey, Edge, Jerry Jones has to have buyer's remorse. Hey, hey, Chris, yeah, I'll be the house sitter. I'll be the house sitter. Okay, I don't know what your point is. That's it. You still wouldn't want Dan Marino on your team and you'd want Jalen. So you take Jalen over Dan Marino because he hasn't won a Super Bowl. 
All I need to know about you, Davey. So you wouldn't take Deshaun Watson, Dan Marino, or Matthew Stafford. But you take Jalen. Wait, I got to write that one down. Hold on. Let me get it. Let me get it. Davey Boy said he would take Jalen over Marino, Stafford, and Watson. (laughs) I'm going to have to, like, entrench that in my mind here. Wow. <laughs> well, man, I tell you. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Kenneth, Kenneth's like, <laughs> don't write that shit down. I know I, I got to write it down. Week seven. Michael, why are you saying that, man? Why do you, Michael, why do you always bring that up? Week seven. It's the bye week. Is that the Tyler Van Dyke call? Hey, Xander, we're either going to, hey, I'll make a promise to you right now. Okay? I'll do a better, hey, in week seven, we're either going to have Tyler Van Dyke on or we're not. And you're going to know how the season is going by week seven, okay? Would you take Eli, Flacco, Brad Johnson, Dilfer? I would have to take Eli over that group. Flacco had great success in, in New England, though. And Eli's beat the GOAT twice, okay? So I'd probably I'd probably take Eli. We all wrote down we all wrote that down. Week seven. Okay, great. I would take Marino over every one of those guys. Well, so wait, Davy Boy, would you take Dan Marino over Eli Flacco, Brad Johnson, or Dilfer? Would you take Marino over those guys? Or how about Warren Moon? Warren Moon. Warren Moon, Dan Fouts, Warren Moon, Dan Fouts, and Marino. Would you take them over that group of dudes? You wouldn't take Warren Moon, Dan Fouts, or Dan Marino over that group of Eli Flacco, Brad Johnson, and Dilfer. Oh, I see. You hear? Look what he says. I want winners. So he goes with Brad Johnson over Dan Marino. He'll take Brad Johnson over Dan Marino. Woo! Yeah, I want rings. Trent Dilfer, baby. Better than Dan Marino, according to Davey Boy. Trent Dilfer. Brad Johnson is better than Warren Moon. Yeah! Yeah! There we go. Hey, Davey Boy, that's how, that's how you pick championships. So you take Jeff Hostedler over Dan Marino. Damn, that's a great take. What a great take. <laughs> hey, Jeff Hostedler, man, he won a Super Bowl. Dan Marino didn't, so I'm taking Hostedler's ass. He's a winner. Marino's not. 
Remember that. Warren Moon. Hey, I'll take Brad Johnson. Quite a collection there. <laughs> Good luck to you, man. Funny, when those teams fell apart, what happened to them dudes? Hey, man, I appreciate everybody coming aboard. Deuces Rogers will be with us tomorrow from ABC6 in Philadelphia. We appreciate everybody coming aboard with us. Do me a favor. Please hit the like button. Share it till tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern. We shall see you on the flip side. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.